Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Alien Breed. Alright, man. That Team 17 classic. But before we do, Aaron, we got some feedback. Okay. We got some Major League feedback this week. Major League. Okay, yeah. Ravi from the Retro Hour podcast. Great podcast. Yeah. Uh, he said, love your podcast, essential watching. You guys huh. have really taken the place of Amiga Roundtable. I love hearing the American Amiga scene perspective. You guys are great fun. Keep it going from Ravi. That's so. That's Ravi, yeah, thanks for writing in the Retro Hour. I mean... It's a shining star. So lots uh, of Amiga stuff on the yeah. retro. You know what? What was? What did we take the place of the Amiga Roundtable? Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? No. I think he might have just made it up. When was that out? Yeah. I'm, now I'm going to go back and listen to that. <laughs> uh, and uh, he said, "P.S. You should check out a crazy <laughs> Polish 3D rail shooter called Zidzlaw Hero of the Galaxy." It okay. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, and I did check it out. Oh, yeah? It is cool. It's a lot like the old um, Die Hard arcade, or like, I get more like Virtua Cop, where it's like a rail shooter sort of thing, polygonal rail shooter, but it runs on a stock Amiga. How do you, how do you shoot with a mouse? Yeah, you shoot with the mouse. And it really? Yeah. That might be interesting. I'd like to check that out myself. Yeah. It sounds like an Amiga play to me. Right, right. So uh, Good tip. Yeah, thanks, Ravi. Um, and I got a message from, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. I can't believe that I left out his name. Uh, Phil Time, Aaron. Phil Time. What a great guy Phil is. <laughs> you know, while you're looking at that, I'll, I'll uh, say thank you to a plug. Uh, just listen to the latest uh, episode of uh, Retro Asylum. Love that show. And uh, they uh, had some very kind things to say about us on there. And we're hoping to have uh, at least one of the fellas on there, maybe a couple on the on the show here just that just for fun just to mess around and uh, by the way Swainy, uh we love you too uh so don't feel left out but yeah thanks for thanks for uh, mentioning us guys we appreciate it great show that's that show this is the one i go out of my way for yeah. the second it's out man it's I'm, a must I'm listen and their youtube channels top shelf i need to check out their youtube channel the, the, i haven't, uh, haven't been on there i love the of course we they mentioned this because i've said it so many times but i love the uh cd32 reviews I'm looking at my chops for the new one coming out there. He's working on a cannon fodder review. So so keep up the good work, and thank you very much. So this, this email came from Carl Blomquist, and he's from Sweden. Okay, makes sense with the name. And he, uh, he, he the subject of the email was uh, copy, copy fests. Okay, okay, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, just like we were talking about with the flag. Right, okay. right. And he said, yeah, we went to copy parties in Sweden where we copied floppies. That was in the late 80s. In the early 90s, most of us bought US robotics modems and used Z-Term uh, yep. and used the command ATDT. Are you familiar with that command? AT, yeah. And the phone number to elite BBS in Europe and the US. I believe ATDT was attention. That was attention of the mm -hmm. modem dial tone. You got it. He even put it right yep. there in parentheses. 
You're a master of terminology. I'm an old guy. Uh, he said, sometimes we had the chance to buy stolen calling cards. Yeah. <laughs> and if we were lucky, we could get hold of virgin calling cards, VCC, where you, uh, where you were the only user of it, not sold to anybody else. And he said some of his friends also did phone freaking to get their own VCCs. I, uh, I'm not going to say that I was a phone freaker, but I did dip my toe in the pool. Uh, and used uh, not calling cards. I, you know, I didn't have the jack. I didn't have the guts to try to mess with that stuff because you're getting into a real iffy area there. That's not a gray area. That's flat out stealing. <laughs> flat out stealing. But I would use dial outs and any little trick I could to, uh, you know, long distance was expensive. We forget about paying all that money. Yeah. I was talking to my buddy. He, he lived in Spain for a while. He was in the military and he was talking about it. he only called his folks. Uh, once every, you know, uh, five or six months because it was a $25 you connection. Know, yeah, it was expensive mm -hmm. to call. You know, now you think you just call anybody. You know, right. Plus, you right. got Skype and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, BBS, uh, BBS costs were, that was brutal. And But the thing is, man, if you wanted something, I always wondered if it was worth it because you'd call, if you're calling, like, say, Chicago, let's say, from here, that was super expensive, but and so by the time you downloaded the game you wanted to pirate, mm -hmm. uh, you probably could have just went out and bought the game. Right, you know? <laughs> saved you time, especially if your time was valuable. Of course, the flip side is if the game is not available for you to buy nearby, you know you're, that's your only option. Of course, you could always mail order. There's no way to excuse the fact that you're stealing. <laughs> games, you know? um, so, uh, and he said that on the Elite BBS, it had a ratio of one to two. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty good. You download twice as much as you upload. That's unusual. It's it, usually, I mean, a lot of the places were one to one. Sometimes they were even made you, and some people were, you know, Flack talked about this. He ran a BBS on the C64. A lot of, of the really, really tight boards, real hot boards, uh, you either A, had to pay, mm -hmm. or B, you had to upload stuff that specific things that they wanted. Right. Because they didn't, they weren't there just to give out software. I mean, they wanted to stock up their library. And it's the same thing. The same thing continues today with torrent sites, I think. Uh, I remember when I lived in Korea, uh, I used to really want to watch football, and you know, football's not on in Korea, so I yeah. go to a torrent site, and I had to like, I messed up, and I didn't do the upload the way I should have, yeah. and boy, they punished me. I had to pay to get back onto that thing. I'm still in a few, and you've got to keep the ratio up, mm -hmm. or you know, or pay. Yeah, you're right, but it's it's sort of similar, but it's a lot easier on torrents. You just leave the torrent run. Yeah, yeah. On a P, I mean, if you've got, if you want the game that you want desperately, that's on that board. You better come up with something. You know, my favorite thing to do was, you know, sorry, mom, but you, you get what you do is you stockpile a bunch of porn because most places would take porn, no questions asked. <laughs> you could beef up your ratio enough to where you could download whatever mm. you wanted. So, mm. Yeah, I know. I'm a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, and he said that they still, he still gets together with his same group of friends and, um, and, uh, and but now they well actually I guess this was later they said that um, later on they used to have demo parties where they would compete with quick and dirty 68k assembler code ooh that sounds like these guys were <laughs> not your normal um, pirates they you know they had some skill wouldn't that be fun to have that kind of jack yeah because those demo parties I, you know I've seen videos of, and of course you've seen the demos that come out of these things 
so fun. Yeah. So much fun. Have that. And even if I had just programming abilities, I don't have the musical abilities or the abilities to think of a very clever demo. Right, right. You know, I could program my name or maybe something flash on the screen, but they don't really care about that. Yeah. So thanks, Carl. Thanks for writing in yeah. with your memories. It's good to know that coffee fests were around in Sweden, too. It's good to know that there's a Swedish guy like me that was a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking pirate. <laughs> so uh, what news do you have this week for the Amiga, Aaron? Well... You know, the story that just won't die, Boat, and I just keep dredging it up because I love it. They are apparently have now shipped Defender of the Crown Extended Collector's Cut. Um, there's a picture. Spin's putting the, he's putting the stickers on them. He's putting the stamps on the envelopes. He's shoving Spin them out the door. Is getting it done. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we, we kid because we love. Yeah. Uh, Spin's a good guy. And I'm sure this is mostly a one-man band uh, doing this gig over there. And, of course, anyone that's followed any sort of project that has only a few people doing it, <clears throat> you've got, you run into all kinds of crap. Especially if you're having stuff manufactured, you're having stuff shipped overseas, uh, you have uh, to deal with uh, people taking their time on manufacturing, it's a pain. So, uh, uh, I can understand him running into a bunch of hurdles. That much said, um, he's got big, nice pictures of it up. It looks nice. Um, and the key thing is, and this is why we're bringing it up again, uh, there's only like, there's less than like 90 of these left. I think there may be, uh, might have been 91 when I looked into the story. Uh, there's, it was a limited run of 500, and he's shipping them, and 400 plus are gone. So if you're going to jump in... And, and get you one of these, you better get while the getting's good because they're not going to be around that much longer. There's no possible way these aren't going to sell out. I wouldn't be surprised if they sell out before the weekend's over, if yeah. you want the truth. So, hey, if you're if you're into Defending the Crown and you want the whole enchilada, which it comes with, you know, there's Amiga, PC, Mac, discs, extra goodies, you know, pictures, everything. It's got everything in it. Uh, you know, check it out. We'll link it up. Go over and have a look at it. Pick it up. It should be good, I think, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I always like to mention this stuff, especially after the last one. They have uh, scheduled the next Amiga Ireland meetup, 2017. It's going to be January 21st at the Prince of Wales Hotel, Athlone. Same place it was last yeah, time. Yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. um, 14, was that 14 pounds per person? Is that euros? 14 euros mm -hmm. a person. And uh, of course, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. I heard the last one was good. I saw a video from it. It looked great. You know, speaking of <clears throat> Ireland, have you seen the new Lucky Charms commercials? Oh, boat! That's not a night. They're not gonna. That's not gonna go over well. They don't even know what Lucky Charms is. And I bet they do. I bet they do. Somebody write us in if you know what Lucky Charms is. It's a it's a uh, leprechaun based breakfast cereal in the United States. So, have you seen the new Lucky Charms? I don't think so. They're terrible. The guy does not have a Brit or a, <laughs> an Irish accent. Oh, but that's strike too. <laughs> and it looks like like a Adventure Time ripoff. It's terrible. The Lucky Charms leprechaun needs to have an Irish accent, and he needs to look like he walked off the set of Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah, there's a movie called The Great White. Hype. Have you seen that movie? No. The guys, they of course, it's a boxing they, film. It right? is, but the guy comes out, and uh, uh, he's, and of course, this movie's about a, a, a white boxer trying to, they're trying to capitalize on him being white, and I think it's in Boston, 
against a black world champion. <clears throat> and the guy's a, a stinky boxer, but they hype him up. And the one thing I remember from it is that since he's Irish, he's led to the ring by these little people in leprechaun outfits, and they're throwing lucky charms at the crowd. <laughs> you know, just every every horrible stereotype oh you can gosh. think of. Yeah. Is it a con I mean, It's got to be a comedy, It is. Right? I think Keenan Irie Wayans plays the bo other boxer. <laughs> he's, he's gotten real out of shape. And he's like, it's not a good movie. I don't know why it comes to mind, but that's the first <laughs> thing what you I, think of. Yeah. Um, moving on. Um, this new uh, release of Win UAE. Uh, once again, I've heard it's uh, top shelf. I've not uh, looked into it yet. I, AKA, I haven't installed it, but. Uh, I have blind faith in the Win UAE team at this point. They always do a good job uh, cranking those things up. That's pretty much all I've got. Uh, there's there's a little bit of vampire news, but I'm not I haven't looked into it enough to share it. There's a few, and of course, there's a few uh, Amiga like demoe like games that are in, that are in prep. They're not out yet. I usually don't cover that stuff until they come out, so I'm going to keep an eye on them. But uh, I'd say. The summer's coming to an end, and we're going to start getting a lot more news mm -hmm. uh, with the with the fall months coming up because that's when they usually start cranking it up. So right. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, not a not a huge news month, but yeah, a few things. But get that defender of the crown if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, we may uh, we may be able. Hello, to uh, <laughs> sorry, Eve just came home. Uh, we may be able to afford that with some of that Patreon money. I'm oh yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna review then, copy and then possibly do some sort of a big giveaway. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that? Of course, you got to pry that from my my undead hands. <laughs> but yeah, I I can see that. Now, if they do a uh, if they do another Wings or a, uh, a Rocket Ranger, you're on your own. <laughs> get, get but you're, you're gonna keep it. Yes, yes. Defender um, the Crown. I respect the game. I like what it did. It's not. It's not my favorite personal cinemaware game. Right, right. But it was the first. It was the it, it was, was the big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Sold a lot of Amigas. Um, side updates this week. Uh, Dreamcatcher has posted. Uh, it's called Amiga Scour Issue Four. This <laughs> that is was, that was great. His ongoing series of kind of dipping into the past, interesting, weird, and wonderful things that uh, appeared in Amiga magazines back in the day. He finds this, I mean, some of the stuff that's on that, I, I, that article has got a bunch of crazy stuff in it. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. You look at that old arcade, the the arcade machine with the big CRT monitor. You in know, it. I, I was thinking, wow, if I was, uh, if I'd seen that, I would want that. Yeah. It, it was a good, it was a good price. 300 too. pounds, not bad. That's not bad, you know. Of course, I guess it looks like it had a probably your own monitor. Yeah. And uh, but still, I mean, uh, and I guess it never actually really came out. But no, I, apparently it did come oh, out. Oh, really? Okay, maybe I, I, I misread think, that. I think he said that some people actually had it. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I guess they didn't sell too many. And uh, talking about football, as we were on the uh, the pre-show, the Commodore sponsored uh, different football teams. That and, was uh, funny. Yeah, and yeah. they stiffed them for money. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was that was Commodore, all right. Yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> Uh, so we thank Dreamcatcher for, for writing yet another uh, entertaining article for the site. Check that out at AmigosPodcast.com. Yeah, it's um, great. And uh, that's about it. I think it's time to roll on into Alien Breed. All right, man, let's do it. So uh, what can you tell me about Alien Breed? Well, Alien Breed uh, released in 91, the original game. Uh, it shipped on three discs and had two-player simultaneous play, which... That's the way to go, right? We we we've now we've done it a couple of times. Team seventeen 
Uh, should we go down to run down some of the their we should. stuff? This might be somebody's first Amigos episode. Oh, and they yeah. don't know anything about well, Amiga. If you don't know who Team 17 is, you need to uh, brush up. You know, Project X, Super Frog, Worms, this, uh, the whole run of the uh, Alien Breed stuff. Uh, I believe Body Blows was theirs yep. as well, yep. the Body That's Blows right. series. Uh, so <clears throat> they had a few hits. And they're still around today. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're beating worms down like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> a new worms just came out just like a month ago on the PC. Really? Yeah. Please yeah. tell me it's not in 3D. No, it's a, it's but it's got a it's got an interesting look. It's kind of got a hand drawn look that is hard to explain. But uh, check it out on Steam. It it looks interesting. You know, a sidebar here is since we're talking about 3D worms, which I, and God knows they've tried, but <laughs> I've never gotten into one single version of mm -hmm. it. Uh, but I was watching uh, Kim Justice, <clears throat> her, uh, her retrospective on Psygnosis. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've done I, I literally watched that yesterday. I've watched about a, 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 the first third of it because mm -hmm. it's about an over an it's hour. It's like a 15, movie. Yeah. And, uh, but I had totally forgotten about the three-dimensional lemmings. Yeah. And I was watching that being played and thinking to myself, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. There is no... And it reminded me of Worms, and it looked less... It looked more impossible than 3D Worms. I mean, sure, it looked because utterly impossible. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> this new Worms is interesting because there's vehicles in it, so you can actually jump into a, a vehicle and fire a special weapon. You really? Know, you navigate. What's it. it called? You know? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what the name of the game is called, but it's Worm something. It makes me happy that <laughs> it, that a company that put out the quality games that they did is still around. It's so it's many, one of the few for you sure. Know, so many good companies, including Psygnosis. Mm -hmm. Uh, a fine company, you mm -hmm. know. Really, uh, Team Seventeen Psygnosis is probably your two. Would you say they're the two greatest Amiga? You know. Uh, uh, yeah. You know. Uh, I would. I would say that. Cinemaware is up there. And Cinemaware, you know, and Cinemaware, I guess, is sort of still around in kind some capacity. Of, yeah. You know, at yeah. least they're Well, I mean, all these like DMA design, they're still around. Mm -hmm. You know, and, but it's but, anyway. It I I, just, I think that's kind of neat. Um, the game was uh, uh, the kind of the baby. And it was all of oh, the guy that did the graphics. His name was Rico Holmes. Uh, Rico did uh, a lot of a lot of stuff. Body Blows, Galaxy Project X, Super Frog Worms. And you notice a lot of the guys that worked on this worked on almost you know a lot of the big hits for for uh, Team Seventeen. Uh, uh, Rico, I read an interview with him, and this was his baby. He uh, he came up with the concept. He came up with the alien design, which is. He flat out said, hey, this is alien. The aliens from aliens are aliens, and that's what we've got. Mm -hmm. You know, so they sort of skidded past the <laughs> trademark. Copyright those, issues, yeah. And uh, he said, uh, I read an interview with him. He said, he put, they asked him, I was like, did you get, did, was there anything that, cut, that didn't make the game? Or he said, everything he wanted was in this game. He got everything he wanted in. And uh, you can tell that uh, they put this together uh they had they knew where they were going like i mean it, it, it's uh, uh it's an easy it's an easy out to just say hey look it's some kind of gauntlet thing but it's there's a lot more to it than that there's a lot of uh there's a lot more uh, uh you know the stuff with the console and the computer console the stuff with you know the, with the various weapons uh the uh the uh, um, the way the aliens come out the bosses i mean there's a lot of good stuff in there and you could tell the guys. I mean, Team Seventeen. They were an awesome team, and they they knew how to milk every little drop out of the Amiga. <clears throat> um, this ran on the ECS and the OCS. Uh, no problems there. Uh, it has 
a couple sequels. Did you mention the musician already? The musician was the uh, was uh, incomparable. Uh, yeah, Alistair Brimble. Alistair Brimble, of course, he's done so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Tons of Team Seventeen stuff. He'd work for Codemasters, Microprose. <laughs> he would work for Virgin. Uh, uh, he did tons and tons and tons of music. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he did almost. Did he do all of Team Seventeen? Almost all. I can't of them, think of he? any game that he didn't do the music you know, for. You uh, know, it's really it's the usual suspects. Your coders were uh, Peter. Uh, was Tulby and uh, Stefan Boberg. These, I mean, if you look, I'll, we've done several Team Seventeen uh, games. We did Body Blows, and we did Worms, mm -hmm. and we did Super Frog. It's just, I mean, Team Seventeen's a team. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all there is to it, and they 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 can crank it up. Um, anyway, th there were sequels to this. Now the one, the version I looked at was just the straight up first version. The uh, one we played on the uh, pre-show on the uh, playthrough mm -hmm. live stream. Thank you. I'll get it right. <laughs> was Alien Breed Special Edition '92, which was a uh, kind of a tweet update that the real was released as a budget uh, title, and this was successful as hell. Uh, it, I think it, they said it stayed on top of the Amiga charts for 30 straight weeks, and I think it has the record uh, for that. Uh, I like the fact that there are Amiga charts yeah. that were that were <laughs> that were. I guess every magazine used the same charts. I mean, I, that's neat. Now mm -hmm. we need that unified mm -hmm. charts. I don't know yeah. if we've got those or not. You know, the budget. Obviously, and we don't. We talked about a few games. A lot of these games came out in budget titles. That was a much bigger deal there than it was here. Absolutely. I mean, we, we didn't in in America. Uh, talking about the you know the American perspective, we we didn't really get re-releases of games in a special packaging. What they would do is they continue to print the game like they always did and just decrease the price. Uh, you know, the ones I think of that, that I remember thinking, hey, this is interesting. Was PlayStation started doing that like greatest hits or whatever thing. Those are the mm -hmm. ones I remember seeing but that where they was, had a different package. Right. You know? That was after, I mean, they were the they were the first company I remember doing that. Now, in Europe, of course, this had been on gone on all the way back to the Spectrum base. Yeah. But it seems like when I was buying, like, regular Nintendo games, that never happened. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean... Games uh, were just the game. You never got a re-release that had different packaging that... Something you know. else on consoles. I guess maybe, you know, we, we came from a computer background with gaming. And I don't remember it. Uh, you remember any, like, Atari budget stuff or, uh, like... Uh, no, uh, and I don't remember any cocoa budget stuff ever. I don't remember any of that stuff. No, and I don't know if it was just because, you know, the 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 software was on the shelves for such a short amount of time. I mean, with cocoa, I mean, what what was the shelf life of cocoa software? Well, it was it, well cocoa software. The majority of it you'd have to mail order, right? But uh, because Radio Shack didn't take anything except mm -hmm. for what they were selling, we didn't really have a lot of computer retailers, and that could just be because we grew up in yeah, West Virginia. I, yeah. I listen to these podcasts and stuff. And they always talk about like they would go down to the local drugstore mm -hmm. and get games. They'd go down yeah. to the local bookstore, or magazine yeah. guy. Like that crap didn't happen here. You didn't go. You went to the computer store, and then or or a game store specifically, mm -hmm. which there weren't. Early on, there was Babbage's, there was... Uh, software, etc. Soft yeah, there was a few of them, but like Software, etc. Or like Walden Software. Mm -hmm. But even those weren't just games. They were yeah. like a bunch of different software. Instead, mm -hmm. of it, they would have some games and some other stuff. But yeah, budget titles, That's a, that was a whole area of 
that we never got to have. And boy, wouldn't that have been nice? Oh yeah, you read about all these games that were sold for like two ninety nine. Yeah, like yeah. I always hear those at Mastertronic uh, mm-hmm. uh, mention in there, and uh, they released some pretty good stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and of course, there's probably a lot of dogs. And right. also, when software is out for a year or two, it should be yeah. released as a budget yeah. title. In these days, you know, we we live in a golden era with Steam because stuff <laughs> goes on sale all the yeah. time on Steam, and it's great. Yeah, and Steam is a uh, is that's one of the that's really the main thing that I like about it. You can get a bunch of games, especially if you if you're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big PC gamer, but. When stuff comes up, like that, uh, like that Cinemaware right. pack, yeah, a dollar or whatever, or the you know, or the wings that was out, that mm-hmm. you know, you got to jump on. Right. So anyway, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, the budget thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, like I said, this has several sequels. It has Alien Breed, uh, like I said, Special Edition, which we covered. Alien Breed Two: The Horror Continues, which is pitched at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. Like you watch the very end of it. No. Uh, did you find a, a playthrough on this? I did. I watched because I God knows I couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Alien Breed Tower Assault, uh, which I have played that. Um, then there's uh, there's Alien Breed uh, like a 3D one, right? Which I, is it called Alien Breed 3D? I think it's just called Alien Breed 3D. Uh, uh, which I have not tried that one, but mm-hmm. I think we're talking about putting something together with the with the 3D game. Mm-hmm. So we may get on that road. Um, I think this thing was also, you know, I was looking at the publishers for this. I think this may have been uh, budget released by Micro League. Really? It was listed as one of the publishers. I huh. thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, we thought we covered them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and the infamous Micro League for <laughs> WWE wrestling game that was that probably our, our least watched. That's that it absolutely is. <laughs> so, sorry, everybody. No one's into that. Of course, we started our pre-show this week by talking about wrestling. So, there you go. Um, this was released on some other platforms, which I was surprised. Um, Amiga and Amiga CD32, and was a re- uh, it was a release on the CD32. I think they said it was it was a combo disc with Quack, which we haven't talked about before, but it's just another Team Seventeen game. Uh, it was a DOS port. I can't. Right? I can believe that this is uh, that era. Um, then, but it's been recently released on and on the Android iOS platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released on PlayStation Three, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation Mobile. And I think that's a uh, like a combo pack of mm-hmm. the games. Mm-hmm. Well, I got on Steam as part of a humble bundle or something. I have every single Alien Breed game on Steam. Do you? Yeah, I, I think they have an enhanced version. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that you got? I've got them all. I've got every single one. It was just part of that deal. So. I see. Um, like I said, to to summarize the game, if you've not played it, uh, you are you play one or two, uh, like basically space uh, policemen or space warriors who have uh, have landed on this space station that is uh, that is full of aliens. When I say aliens, I mean the HD Geiger esque. Aliens from Alien. <laughs> yes, there is no, yeah, no doubt about it. They made no attempt to make them look different. No, uh, in fact, in the interview, the, the guy freely admits, "Yeah, I hoard them." Uh, like I said, the uh, uh, the game ha- is very gauntlety. As you, it's a straight down a, top down a, shooter. Top down shooter. Uh, you go through. There are keys to go through doors. There are uh, there are. You pick up money. You pick up ammo. You pick up different weaponry you pick up first aid kits and you uh try to get through the each level complete the level some levels have bosses and then you move to the little teleporter the lift pad whatever it's called and you move to the next level 
Uh, you can switch, uh, you can have the ability to switch between weapons. I think the favorite weapon that I saw was the uh, balancing sort of like, almost like boomerang uh, shooter, mm -hmm. because for the obvious reasons it balances. Like there's lasers, there's you know, machine gun, there's several different weapons. Uh, the the con the computer console is interesting. It's sort of like a combination of store uh, and uh, information. Uh, you can you can pick up as we did in the uh, in the stream. You can pick up more keys when you've <laughs> stupidly wasted all yours. You just a map you can access. It's very clever actually. That's an mm -hmm. interesting addition. The console is really what makes the game different. Yeah. Uh, really otherwise, it would be a lot like I think that this game. I don't know. Do you think this game is superior to Chaos Engine? I, I, I enjoyed this one probably more. I think so too, and you. It, and I, I don't know why. It doesn't seem like you should. It seems like Chaos Engine should be a better game. I think it's faster. But yeah, it's faster for sure. Uh, it's it's familiar, mm -hmm. like Gauntlet. I mean, I I keep throwing Gauntlet out, but it's Gauntlety. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, I like the console. I think that's neat. I like the like I said the I like the. Uh, I just like the the weapons are in it. It's an, it's it just feels. Now there are some things I don't like about it. It feels uh, constrained. I mean, there's there there it, it feels tight with two players a lot of times. You have to kind of mm -hmm. I mean Maneuver in, in a real space station, who's going to build a, a hallway where you can't fit <laughs> two, two people down? Yeah, it? you know, it's more like a submarine than a space right, station. Right, right. Uh, but uh, the uh, it's still. I think it, it's probably because it runs a little it runs a little quicker. Mm -hmm. Now I watch. It's funny. I read. Uh, on, I think it was on Wiki that this game eventually. I guess this is after it was released. Uh, they released an intro disc for it. Did you read about this? No. And the intro disc, it didn't come with it originally. Uh, so I don't know where you would have gotten it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you uh, uh, you put it in, and what it does is it uh, it has a little kind of semi-animated intro that sort of tells the story that's in the manual about you coming back from uh, outer space and you're heading to your home base and, and you go in here and this thing's infected. It's got sort of like... Uh, it's kind of like the beginning of Civilization, like sort of animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's neat. And I, I guess it was... I don't think they made you pay for it. Mm -hmm. But I know the uh, from what I read is basically you would put it in, it would run through this animation, which I, like I said, somebody put it on YouTube. It's where I watch it. And then, because mine didn't have it, I, yeah, I, yeah. When I put it in, of course, I maybe I just didn't put the disc in. You know, I, I don't think I don't know. You know, but uh, uh, once you finish the intro, it, it it'll say insert disc one, and then you put the disc in. And when you insert disc one, it's just like you're booting the game, you know, effectively. So it's sort of like having a disc zero. Mm -hmm. uh, like we said, Alien Breed uh, Special Edition ninety two was expanded. Uh, it did real well, uh, and uh, they made a ton of money off of it. Uh, the uh, pretty much everyone loved this that one more than the original. You know, I don't know if there were, I didn't read of a bunch of like uh, flaws or bugs in the first, but maybe they just did some gameplay tweaks. Yeah, or I think that was what it is, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I read a couple interviews with uh, Rico, the guy that actually came up with the game, and it was interesting. He said they asked him what he used as his in, what influenced him. You know, what he used to. Uh, uh, come up with a concept and the two games he listed which I think are for the spectrum no one ever seen sure there's one called laser squad and then the other one paradroid now paradroid I've heard of mm -hmm. I think I've played that I'm pretty and those are that's a spectrum game it paradroid I don't know I, I think it, I think it is I've played it um, and uh, they said that uh, something else I read is the uh, the teams the the games when they make them someone asked how long does it take them to make them 
it was like six to nine months. That's short. That's a pretty that's a pretty fast t- turnaround. Yeah, you know, um, the uh, uh, the game made enough money to where these guys were were. I mean, it was almost like their one of their flagship games until. Now, from what I read, their number one game, the number one game team, this is going to be a stunning revelation. <laughs> the number one most played, most popular, biggest money-making game for Team 17 was Worms. I thought it was Body Blows. You've yeah. blown my mind. Now, if you remember, just a side, sidebar of that, I remember when we did Worms on the show, I liked the story. I liked the fact that some guy just made Worms and then just brought it to a trade show and was like, hey, will you, will you make this? And someone was like, "We don't want it, but they might." Can you imagine that guy? Oh yeah, talk about kicking yourself. It's like yourself. the guy that turned down the Beatles, you know. Oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, it's funny reading an interview with with the fellas over at Team Seventeen. They said the saddest day was when they found out that they could no longer make Amiga games mm. because that was their baby. Well, so, they had the last uh, Team Seventeen produced the last commercially available. Um, Amiga game. Did you know that? What was the last Worm one? Worm Special Edition in 1997. 97, eh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the, Thank you, Kim Justice. I learned that from your video. Yes, everyone watch Kim. <laughs> um, I saw another, I found another interview with uh, Martin Brown, another fellow that works there at Team 17, worked on the game. Um, they said that, uh, they asked him, and this is just, I found this interesting, so I thought I'd throw it in. The least successful Team 17 game, according to him, uh, they, the most, like I said, was Worms. The least successful, they had a game called Assassin. Mm. Oh, I played Assassin played on it. an Amigos Plays video. Did you? No, it's, it's awful. What What's the problem with it? Uh, it's a side. It's like Lionheart. <laughs> By the way, Kim Justice liked Lionheart a lot. I know she liked did. it, but uh, so I was, so, and and you love you love Kim. Therefore, <laughs> you must change your tune on Lionheart. Never. Uh, it's a side-scrolling platformer that's very difficult, but uh, it's very hard to control your hero and his movement and weapon. Now, Assassin 2 is much better. Yeah. Um, something else they mentioned, they asked, uh, what what game was the hardest to do? The program. Mm-hmm. You know? The answer makes sense. Super Frog, which makes that, that would be, that, and I think it sort of shows mm-hmm. in that one. Mm-hmm. They just quite... They had the mechanics sorted down, but they mm-hmm. couldn't quite get the game. Couldn't tighten up the, le- the graphics yeah, on level 7. couldn't seven. quite get it ironed out. Um, this game reviewed well. Stunning, all right? Uh, looking over the list here, it looks like it ranked anywhere from the, the kind of like the low 90s to the upper 70s. So, you know. Overall, positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, I, it holds up quite well. Uh, um, and like I said, we just played it. And I played it all pretty much this week. I wish I didn't stink at this game because I like it. It's one of those games you have to get better at. And the biggest problem I've got is I've got a horrible memory and I can't find my way around Jack Squat. And so that it always takes me time. I always waste keys. I almost always run out of ammo, which is a, is a common complaint to people that don't like this game or... or like its sequels better, which I've heard the second one is really good. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I, just like I did in our game, I lose. I, I have a habit. I just I want right. to shoot everything. Right. Um, something else this game is known for, and we we mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we talked about an article that uh, uh, Dreamcatcher put up, is that this has tons and tons and tons of uh, cheat codes that you enter on the terminals, and they're all dirty. <laughs> I mean, these are some of them are quite filthy. 
uh, to, uh, uh, for example, there's a, there's a code to reverse your joystick controls. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're a lefty. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, because, well, no. That doesn't make I mean, sense. So, but anyway, they did it. And the code you type in is pissed as a fart. Of that course. Juvenile stupidity <laughs> at its finest. And they freely admit that these guys are, you know, raunchy young men at the time who are probably, I, I know uh, most of the original crew from Team 17 was gone, but I think it was like about 2008. I think the original crew was like 30 guys, something mm -hmm. like that. And now I'd say almost all of them are gone. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't know exactly. I know there's probably more, no more than one or two left. So, but most of these guys in 91 were young men. And yeah. so young men do a lot of stupid, crazy stuff. Now we Dreamcatcher put the thing up that said they would put these out there so magazines would not publish them. Mm -hmm. huh! We know that didn't work yeah. because they published tons of these things. <laughs> Um, so pretty much that is the long and short of it. I did, I did have a quick look on eBay. You want to guess what these are going for in the USA? Just a, a box copy. If, if, if I was, if I was thinking about, it, I would think that they would possibly be a little bit higher than normal just because of the alien aesthetic. Well, People like that in the United States, there were exactly zero copies for sale. Ooh. None. So. I assume this got a U.S. release. Sure, it had to. Have, right? I would, we never know. We never know about these. We things. never know. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, but I mean, there were none available, and that sometimes makes me wonder. Uh, in the U.K. and, and over there, uh, they did have some, but this is not a cheap game. Uh, the discs only were going for around twenty-three bucks U.S. shipped. It's pretty expensive for just the discs. Mm -hmm. um, boxed. You're looking at thirty to forty bucks U.S. dollars shipped. Um, it's gone cheaper in the past, but for right now it's it's up. That's what people are asking. So if you're looking to pick this up, uh, you, now and I will say the, the other games are more are more available, widely available mm. uh, than that one. It's uh it's it's probably the rarest of the bunch. In fact, even the special edition is is more uh, uh, available. Uh, did you read, there's one last, and this is kind of a wacky tidbit. Did you read about the anti-piracy messages baked no, into this? No, um, I love when they do this. I love it, but I feel like crap when I read these. Uh, and this one, uh, uh, people speculate that, well, on one of these, there's this actually has two. And the first one is uh, a, by the game creator, Stefan Boberg. We mentioned him. He was the coder. And he wrote, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's incredibly long. You can see right I'm here. I'm looking at your notes right there. That. It's this long paragraph right here. Uh, but basically he says, stop it now, okay? You will gain nothing from breaking this protection. <laughs> but I guess you're too mm, something or another ignorant, narrow-minded, or maybe too stupid to understand that. He goes on to just kill pirates. Uh, the uh, um, funny thing is at the bottom of this, uh, he freely admits that he was a, a cracker at one point, but he realized it was futile and stupid, and he stopped doing it. And so, don't crack, he says. He literally says, so don't crack, in, big, in all caps. This was baked in. Now, that's not the only thing in there. Uh, you, there. There's another one in here that's probably also from him, where he goes on to pretty much, you know, it's the same sort of thing. 
He rails against piracy and copy uh, people that are breaking their protection. He also vows, he says, you'll see a lot of my protection. Like, I'm the man. <laughs> you know, he, he brags about his protection scheme, which I thought was great. Uh, it didn't work because I know I had a copy of this. Uh, so uh, uh, maybe he should have used the same protection they used on the... Uh, Robocop 3? No, on, on, no, no, on Hound of Shadow. The, the protection that couldn't be beaten by us, which that didn't make, that didn't, we didn't get that oh, out Oh, yeah. Anymore. What was that? What we, game we, were we playing? We were playing Hound of oh, Shadow. Yep, we are, are uh, <laughs> if you listen to last week's show, I don't know how that show did. I forgot to ask you how how, how many people it picked did it great. up. It did great. I didn't look at it either. Really? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Millions. Um, we usually do a, our, our Amigos play stream, live stream, and we, and we were going to beat the game. That was our goal. We're going to beat this text adventure. Because people want to see that. They want to watch two nerds play a text adventure for two to three hours. Mm -hmm. um, and we it took us forever to get going, but finally we're going. We're making some progress. We're rocking and rolling. We had the actual manual, thanks to O'Brien's. Uh, we had the actual physical game in our hands. And Boat said, okay, here's the copy protection. Look it up. I said, here's the number. Boat, type it in. He typed it in. He goes, it says that's not it. I was like, try this number. He typed it in again. And after we played it for a 40 minutes or so, that game, when you type in the number wrong twice, it just boots back out to the desktop. Yep. That was it. Yep. So that, and we had the manual. So when you can't beat the competition with the manual, <laughs> that's what I call successful. It is. So, but uh, what did you think of Alien Breed, Boat? I mean, obviously you're into it. Did you, one of your, how, where do you place it in the pantheon of big, big Amiga games we've covered? I like it. Um, I think it's it's a it's a neat concept running around top down on a space station. It's a it's a great. A setting for that um i like the the different weapons i like the the things that you pick up i think the console is a neat thing that put the store in the game mm -hmm. um but the game suffers from not having enough variety in the enemies that you run up against the game also suffers from not uh, from it suffers from punishing you for exploring the space station basically because you can get in a situation where you run out of ammo and you're screwed because you use the keys to open the door that gave you money and not ammo. And so I, if I would have been, if I would have designed the game, I would have allowed, always allowed some way for the player to replenish their ammunition. Cause if, if not, if you don't have ammo, you're going to die. Well, There's, you've always got the consoles. That's true. I guess that, that that's so you, true. If you've you, got enough money, you get you the can, money. You yeah. buy them. Okay, I take that back. Then that, that's, well, fair. that's but, fair. But I mean, you're you're still your argument's valid. Yeah. Obviously, and we got to a point where we were really screwed. Mm -hmm. Now it makes you think there's a puzzle element to it at that mm -hmm. point, mm -hmm. but there's also an annoyance element because you're going back. To, we went through this first maze twenty times. Right, and that's another thing. Just like all of these Amiga games that we play week in and week out. I don't think that we're that inept when it comes to playing video games. We couldn't get off the first level. We are inept. We are kind of We're inept. not good. And, but, I, and I practice, and I'm still not good. Yeah. I blame the gamepad. And so, um, you know, I feel like they should have made the first level a little bit shorter to give you some sense of accomplishment. And they could have killed you the second level, that's fine. But we walked around forever there. I don't really, I don't even think we were close to getting off that first level. I'll use my favorite phrase. To be fair, back in the day, they made games a lot harder. Well, we know. We play them every week. And we, we are horrible yeah. at all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing that we review games. <laughs> we, what, is, is there an Amiga version of Tic-Tac-Toe or something? <laughs> we, we're not good. But uh, um, overall, it's fun. 
It's a t- it's again multiplayer it's a great Amiga. multiplayer game. When you've sure. got multiplayer Amiga games, that, I mean, almost I think we liked almost every multiplayer game mm-hmm. that wasn't North or South that we played. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, thumbs up. You know, again, another thumbs up. I'm looking forward to maybe dipping our toe in the pool again. One thing that you said that I, that really resonated with me is just how fast the game plays. Yeah, it's amazing how fast they push those sprites. You've got tons and tons of enemies coming at you. You're moving around. You're firing your gun. Everything's moving very quickly, and it looks great. You could tell that the, the Team 17 guys were at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. They were honing their skills mm-hmm. uh, on the, on this game. And the Amiga, you know, when the Amiga's at its best, um, its graphics and gameplay can stand up against almost anything from that era. Yeah. I mean, it really, uh, there was a lot of untapped potential that only a few of the big very skilled programming houses could pull off mm-hmm. you know and of course you're this is one of them that right. could do it and they could do it over and over again mm-hmm. uh psychosis could do it and the people of course they were mostly a publisher but that they knew they were had an eye for talent those guys could do it they were you know code masters had some good stuff you know there were there were some there were there were uh, a certain there were certain houses that could exploit the amiga and in certain places that just sort of threw something out there you know the Amiga, in some ways, it's a, it's definitely a product of its of its era. When you've got you've got good stuff, you've got some okay stuff that somebody gave it a good hearty try, and you've got crappy license stuff, really lazy got, ports, from yeah, good systems, you know, and and uh, the C sixty four is the same way, mm-hmm. you know, the Atari's the same. You know, Atari actually is a little bit different. The the Atari computer, but the, I mean, I guess the NES is another. I mean, even a console, a console, so there's a lot of shovely crap, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, maybe no. maybe the budget stuff. Maybe some of that stuff was budget stuff. We never knew it. That stuff must be an American, and and just you just randomly get these games, and you don't know what it is. You don't realize that they, some of the stuff they would probably sell for three bucks then at the drugstore. Mm-hmm. You're just like, man, this is what is this? This is garbage. Right. Well, you know, right. we didn't know that. Yeah. So, but boy, if you pick this up on a budget, what a deal. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Well, um, <clears throat> I'd like to go ahead and thank our sponsors. Uh, Paul Harrington, Lawrence Rue, Loggins, Jonas Rulo, Kilborn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. That's my Lucky Charms guy voice. Is that it? Chad Halstead and Brent Dowdy. Um, if you'd like to sponsor our show, check us out over at patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Did they have our new friend involved in that? No. Our new friend is not at the level that it takes to I get see. wow man you got to be in the elite you got to be uh, a uh, real uh, 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 uh. paul here you're still our friends elite. you're all our good friends next week aaron do you want to drink do you want to party <laughs> it's football season oh is it time it's to, time to, to review another football, football game oh no we're going to do brutal sports football. Okay. Next this one, I, I, I am the proud owner of this game, and I have never spun it up in the, in the CD32. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. I'm, I'm look, I've heard good things about it. It'll so. be a good one. It'll be a good one. Well, till then, adios. adios.